This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So we are talking about female sexual pursuers today, or... She wants it more. And Lori, I just have one question for you. <laughs> What's that? Does she actually exist? She this feels does like, This exist. is big, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, <laughs> uh, aliens, yeah, things we, that we rarely see. This probably more than anything, we've had a lot of listeners write in and say, hey, you know, I don't identify with this traditional split that you're talking about where he wants it more. She's like, I want it more. And girlfriend, I've heard you. I know you're out there. I know it's true. Um, I know that the female sexual pursuer does exist, and you know we want to talk about like why she exists. Yeah. What what makes her so special that somehow or another she feels more sexual desire? And, you know, oftentimes, of course, the ones who come see me, the ones who are just out there with their partners, maybe just listening, not in therapy. You know, they're just they're just happy. Yeah, yeah. They're just happy all the time, <laughs> just right? happy all the time. And their partners are happy. Yeah, I've actually seen this a lot in my practice as well, mm-hmm. which is sometimes is sometimes surprising, but it, less so now. It, in the beginning, it surprised me, but where they do they come in, and it's it is it's seemingly reversed from traditional mm-hmm. gender Genders. norms. Yeah, gender um, stereotypes. Gender stereotypes. So, in your opinion, why do you think this is? Why do some women continue to want sex? Uh, more than others. Yeah, I think that, you know, as I've listened to women like this and talked with them, there's certain traits that sexual pursuers have, that uh, female sexual pursuers have, and the ones who kind of want it more than their partners, um, or just, uh, you know, it, it it doesn't necessarily have to result in, in conflict, right? I mean, some women are just have healthy sexuality, and many of these women do. Mm-hmm. And I think the the reason it's so rare is because our culture is so toxic to female sexuality. Yeah. I mean, there are so many anti-sex shaming messages about women that it's really difficult to kind of hang on to yourself Hmm. and feel sexy, you know, and feel sexual. Yeah. So it's the shame of the cultural messages that become that weigh down libido rather than libido being naturally suppressed. Yeah, I mean, most for most women that have low libido, 
I often think of it as occluded libido. It's like that there's something you're, you're blocking gonna, it. You're going to have to um, define that word for me or because I, I, I don't have dictionary.com <laughs> handy. Do you say occluded? Occluded. It's okay. it's blocked. All right. You know, I mean, often she, you know, in a healthy person, you know, libido is part of their life force. Hmm. But for many reasons, it can get blocked. And yeah. certainly one is a cultural message. We know childhood messages are powerful that can, you know, destroy kind of a person's feeling of freedom and yeah. lack of inhibition sexually. Yeah. Um, so there's know, this message that maybe she is sexual and does desire sex, but that she shouldn't be. Right. And so right. Th- a woman gonna, who wants it is a whore. Yeah. And so I that's going to generate what a lot. woman alive hasn't heard that? You're a slut. You want sex. Yeah. You want sex too much. You whore, you slut. Yeah. You know? So there's you either lean into it and rebel against the cultural messages or there's a lot of conflict there. Right. That's going to. Yeah. I remember there was a guy like I was really young and I was really religious. And, you know, he said something to me like, you know, I, I was just. I was young. I was like 16 and I was starting to flirt and he was an older guy and I looked up to him and and I think he like kind of was flirting back. But because I was flirting, he sort of shamed me and he said, you know, when you talk like that, it makes it sound like you're horny. And I'm like, Ugh. How, how old was this guy? I was 16 and I think he was 19 and he was sort of the. I mean, he was kind of more did, like a did youth you punch group leader. Him? No, I felt deeply ashamed. Like I, sh- I, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be flirting and talking like this. Even though he was doing it for crying out loud, he was a real fool because he should have capitalized on me and thought, you know, he should have like, that's the woman, but didn't. And, yeah. and instead shame me. And I, I just remember, okay, I got to be tighter. I got to not, you know, say these things. Mm. Um, that that flirtation is bad. Like. I mean, on every level, I was shamed. It was like, I probably did want it. And I, you know, and then just flirting was bad, too. I mean, it was just, you know, and I was 16. I was not flirting dirty. Yeah. I, but that, I, I did not know how to do that. But that that, co- that continues into adulthood, right? Because I, yeah. I hear women with stories similar to that right. over and over again throughout the lifespan. Right. right? If they show any kind of um, sexual, sexual aggression or, or interest. Yeah. Right. Exactly. The question out there for all the male sexual pursuers is like, how do I get my wife to be one of these? Yeah, yeah. That, so you, are you going to you're going to you're going to unlock that secret here, right? Is that what's yeah, going to happen? I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I think some of it is internal. You know, a, a lot of it is a woman who has developed an erotic core, and that's like you know how our our abdomen is our the core strength of our body. Mm-hmm. Um, for our sexuality as a woman, we have to have a strong inner core. And what does that mean? She, she has to be in touch with her desire. And again, we know that for women, it's not necessarily physiological, but she allows herself and gives herself permission to feel it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she is, she hears a sexy song and she starts to dance. You know, she enjoys the fact that she walks in a room and heads turn and, and she feels confident about that. And that's okay. She doesn't yeah. feel anxious about it. You know, a lot of women who maybe have been traumatized or been in some way hurt by sexual attention don't feel confident about that, don't like it, you know, run from yeah. it. But the woman who has either overcome that or hasn't suffered those things, she has a sense of confidence. It feels like women more than men oftentimes disconnect from their bodies, from mm-hmm. their physical bodies. Absolutely. And they're like not not fully present in their body or they've been taught that. Or maybe, maybe that's the shame message that we're talking about has caused women to disconnect really quickly, yeah, more and, so than men, I, I mean, think. 
we know our culture is dangerous to women sexually, right? I mean, the Me Too movement is discussing this in terms of how scary it is, how many women have experienced rape and molestation or inappropriateness. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just rampant, mm-hmm. you know, and, and certainly, you know, uh, boys as well. We, we know yeah. boys have been victims sexually, too. We, we don't mean to leave you out there. We, we know that. Yeah, but I mean, um, trauma, I mean, the trauma definitely does that for both men and women. It can take them out of their bodies, for sure. Right, but, it, it, but I think there's other things for for women for, especially. Uh, that being just, weaker, I think it's hard to comprehend how that feels. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was a girl... You know, I remember being in my home and there were construction workers who were men, strong men, you know, and they would wolf whistle at me and they'd make a lot of comments that were sexual innuendos. And just getting out of my car to walk to my house, I felt afraid. It was like having a visible female body. You know, I had a fear level, whereas I think men, because of their strength, you know, don't have that. Anyway, I, I want to go back to what what feels good, What like what is the erotic core? I, and I think a woman who wants it voices her need. You know, she is confident about saying, this is what I like, this is the way I like it, and she doesn't apologize for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say maybe on the negative side, college girls and hookups, you know, are they really voicing their need? I don't get it. You know, because so many men talk about, you know, hit it and quit it. They want to just have sex and they don't care about her needs. And she doesn't feel comfortable talking about her needs until she's in relationship and he asks. You know, but I think a woman who wants it and has a solid core tells, hmm. this is what I like, you know, and, and isn't ashamed of knowing that about her body. I mean, so many women feel ashamed and they're like, well, he's supposed to know. I'm not supposed to have to tell him. It's like, yeah. no, no, girlfriend, you are. You're supposed to tell him. Yeah. You really are. Uh, um, I think a woman who wants it more or wants it and is healthy feels comfortable with initiation. You know, she can say, this is what I like. Uh, let's do it now. And she's confident in saying, now's my time. You know, yeah. I'm ready for that. But again, that's going back to she knows her body. She's connected with her body she knows what she likes and what she doesn't like and knows that she has to be able to speak up yeah, um, and, for those and things. I don't think that necessarily for her, though, that she initiates because her body feels horny. It's like she initiates because she wants her body to feel good. Hmm. And she she allows herself, you know, like, okay, this is when I want to feel it. And, and I think, you know, that is not something that women generally do. I, I think this woman who's who allows herself to want it is resistant to the sex shaming and the gender conforming messages of our culture. Mm. You know, she has somehow or another bypassed that, gotten healthy and, you know, developed this strength, her superpower. It's her superpower. My superpower is I break technology wherever I go. (laughs) But this woman's superpower is having an erotic core. Okay. And obviously, yes, you're right. She does know her body's potential, right? Her, orgasmic well, potential. I think it what you're talking about is she believes that her body is hers. Yes. And that she has agency over her body. I love that. I think well then because the it seems like the messages are when you're talking about kind of getting out of the car with those guys standing over there mm-hmm. or the sex shaming messages that the message sometimes is to women your body does not belong to you. Right. And so mm-hmm. like that message 
um, if it was if that message is directed to me twenty four seven, like then you know I I think I can see how I, I would just start to dissociate from my own physical space right. and believe that it's other people's decisions. Right. that are going to affect how my body feels right. versus the, my own decisions. And one of the most powerful influences and critique is the media, right, on women's bodies. Mm. That it isn't just your body, but the media, it, it's like they have a right to critique your body. I mean, think about the female politicians whose outfits are mentioned. I mean, mm-hmm. have, have we ever mentioned a politician's a male? You know, what his suit is, what yeah. fabric it is, or... You know, no, it's like how she dresses, how she looks is commented on in every realm. It's like she doesn't belong to herself. It's not about her. It's about how she looks. And then there's this industry, this beauty industry that says, you know, with false images and you don't look so good. I mean, they spend a fortune, literally billions of dollars to tell women they don't look good and Mm -hmm. that they need their product. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's. It is real. So it's nonstop. The struggle is real. So what are we going to come and talk back, talk about in the break, Lori? What are we coming okay, back to? Okay, we're going to come back and talk about how to fight back, how to have the erotic core, and the problems when she does want it more than he does. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Find us online at matthewscounseling.com. We look forward to working with you. So we're back with She Wants It More. Yeah, and we're going to fight back, right? And we're going to fight back against... We're going to resist. We're going to resist the things that stop women from having a healthy sexual libido. So again, I just want to say to you, all of you who have written in, and there have been many who have told us, Laura, you're not speaking to us. I know I am speaking probably more to the woman who has low libido more often, but I celebrate you. I love you. Y'all are my heroes. I'm so proud of you for maintaining eroticism in difficult circumstances. Yay. Yay, you. Um, But this woman often is paired, by the time they come see us, Adam, right? They're paired with somebody who doesn't want sex as much, a male partner who doesn't want it as much. Mm-hmm. Although I, I see, obviously, lesbian couples as well, and libido differentials are very common in a lesbian couple, too. Um, and I know we mostly speak to a heterosexual population, but 
if you are gay or lesbian or bi. Or, we love you out there. We want you to be blessed too. And hopefully these things help you as well, these podcasts and information. Um, so she's a woman. And like you're saying, it's so rare for a female to hang on to libido and be the one who wants it more. Does she even exist? And the culture tells her that there's something wrong with her. You know, One, she's a slut. Or two, if her partner doesn't want her, then there must be something wrong, right? Because every woman, you know, has the power of the P, you know, and she's got to, she wields that over men. And so if she's unwanted, it must mean dot, 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 she's unattractive. And we know that a woman who believes she's unattractive shuts down oftentimes her libido. So, So this woman is somehow or another fighting a cultural message, fighting the the presumption that her husband doesn't find her attractive and still maintaining libido. I mean, it's a struggle. But I mean, I think many of them say, you know, I'm at a cocktail party and there's a lot of women there who say, oh gosh, you know, my husband's always pawing at me. And, you know, I just wish he'd quit. You know, is that all he ever thinks about? And she's silent. I mean, women who have low libido have camaraderie. They have support. And men, right, who have low libido wives have support. Yeah. You know, but is there ever a man out there who says to his buddies, gosh, you know, my wife is just all over me all the time. I just can't stand it. I never really want to have sex. No, he's, he's not going to say that. No. And, he, and it's going to make him, He's that probably is a source of shame for him as well, if he feels like he, she wants it more than he does. Well, I think there's many reasons that men don't want it as much as she does. Sure. I, I think that's a possibility. You oh, know, sure. That, absolutely. That he feels ashamed of this difference, right? Yeah. Doesn't know how to talk about it. But I think the big one for her is she is out of step with her peer group out of step with other women and there's nobody to talk about it to so she feels isolated can feel like a freak or maybe god willing she knows she's healthy and that somehow or another there's something wrong between them certainly but it's not her libido you know and and i'm not talking about the woman who is you know maybe a borderline woman which is a personality disorder who is promiscuous. I'm talking about the woman with with partner-specific desire. She wants her partner, and he doesn't want her. And she can become a pursuer just like a male sexual pursuer, and that can result in this angry, arguing cycle with her partner. You know, why don't you want me? What's wrong with me? You know, don't you love me? I mean, it can just go ad nauseum, and depending on why he's withdrawn— that can exacerbate things, you know, and, you know, he often withdraws. Maybe he says he withdraws because of her anger. I know that with so many women that I've seen like this, uh, they say, you know, their partner comes in and says, well, I, I would want to have sex with her. But right when the moment is ready, she gets mad at me. And mm-hmm. of course, I mean, this is so complicated, but oftentimes maybe he's triggered her to be angry then he initiates and she doesn't want it and he says see 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 I do initiate sometimes but it's very subtle and often very toxic you know and then when she says you know you're never ready for me you never want it I mean there can be a million reasons I, I remember one woman who was beautiful and I, I gotta just say in to fight for these women many of them have, who have come through my office are beautiful are fit are intelligent lovely women you know so please if you are 
a woman who wants it more, know that I've seen you. I know what you look like. I don't think it's that you're unattractive. You know, but they they want it. And this one woman came up to her husband. You know, she's gorgeous. She's naked, you know, comes up behind him while he's brushing his teeth, puts her arms around him, and he's like starts giggling. You know, it's like instead of being having a response of woohoo, you know, he goes into a child state. And this is this was just one of the bazillion defenses that he used, Hmm. you know, and he would often turn around angry like, what do you want? You know, you always why now or I'm tired or this, that and the other thing. And I, I mean, it can be a real difficult challenge. I would say that the female pursuer and the male distancer is a harder pattern to break than the male sexual pursuer and the female distancer because it's countercultural. And a man who does not want a woman is usually overriding his testosterone. Mm. You know, so he does have drive most of the time. I mean, I would say that's the first thing I would ask for if I were a female sexual pursuer and to say, you know, and, and I have certainly identified as that. I remember when I was young, um, you know, we have worked it out. But in the beginning, there were there were many reasons for that. And I just thought men dropped the briefcase at the door and were ready to go. And my husband was like that guy who wanted wine and dinner. You know, yeah. it's like he really wanted connection before he wanted sex. And so there was, you know, a lot of differences that I had to learn. But I think for, for many women, first call is to say, you know, go ahead and get your testosterone checked. You know, I, I'm going to need you to do that. And and I would like to talk about maybe how to have that conversation so it gets away from the nagging and the begging and all of that. So if you got a, a female pursuer and a male distancer, what, what would you do with them? How would you help them solve that particular dynamic where she's getting more of what she wants and he's... He, they're, where they're having more sex together in particular. Well, remember as a pursuer, you want to take the pressure off. And pursuers always hear me, no matter what gender it is, they hear me saying, okay, that means I'm going to wait forever. Well, mm. in sex, that's not a smart strategy. You don't want to wait forever. But sometimes sexually, the dynamic does need to be healed in order for the distancing partner to recover their own libido. I mean, many times the distancing partner feels controlled. So if if there is, it's usually a complicated dynamic in mm-hmm. this case. Um, so we want to understand the ways that he feels controlled in general uh, and then sexually. And what does he do with his libido? I mean, those are the questions I would be asking. You know, does he have libido? And if so, what does he do? You know, is he masturbating in the shower? Is it going away from the relationship? Yeah. Is it directed away from the relationship? Maybe just, uh, you know, masturbation or he's using porn or, or something. And this is not a porn talk, but I mean, sometimes that's a safer place for men to express themselves than than the difficulties in the relationship. And so, you know, we need to work on that. But what I say to women is, you know, I want you to have a direct conversation with your partner. Do it at a neutral time, you know, like over coffee, not in the bed. And I would say, you know, there's a few things that they should talk about. And and I just wrote down an example of that conversation. I'd say, you know, okay, so uh, Joe Schmo, you know, there's this pattern of me initiating sex with you and you not seeming to want it and there's not very much sex between us and I love you and I want this marriage to be a full partnership including sexuality so I have three requests 
The first request is that, you know, I'd like you to go see a urologist by the end of the month and have your testosterone tested. Will you do that? So when we make a direct request, we make it time limited. We make it very specific. And we ask for a yes or a no. You know, so, so the person agrees or they don't. Um, again, in later life, sometimes male withdrawal from the relationship sexually is often due to ED. You know, he's got it crazy in his head that all women want is a hard penis. And so since he doesn't feel like he can provide that, he backs up. Um, mm-hmm. But that is not all women want, just for the record. Um, the second question that I think she should ask is, you know, would you be willing to please me as a willing partner when you don't even have the need for orgasm? You know, like, would you participate? And I think about the bazillions of women throughout history who have said, yeah, let's do a quickie. They're a willing partner, and um, they go for it. So that doesn't mean he has to have an erection to do this, right? He can do this manually or with oral sex. He can hold her while she uses a vibrator. Whatever turns them on, he can still do and give Mm -hmm. her pleasure and feel warm and loving and giving to her without experiencing desire himself. And then the third thing would be, you know, if we can't resolve this, would you be willing to see a sex therapist with me to work this out? And again, you're waiting for a yes or a no, because this chronic problem kind of has to be nailed down, so to speak. You know, you have to get some traction on it. So I would be looking for the yes and the no, and then measuring what that means. You know, if, if it's yes, you know, okay, let's say in six months of doing these first two things, you've seen a urologist and just pleasing me when you don't necessarily have desire yourself doesn't seem to work for us, then by January, let's go see a sex therapist. Are you agreed to that? Yes. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? I think it does. I think she has to be careful in that sense of not making it, not blaming him for the problem. If you're going to ask him to go see a urologist, just do so in a way that is understanding of like this is a common thing that happens in life. It's not it's not necessarily something that's broken in him. And specifically, it's not something that's broken in his manhood. Or it's not his fault. It's not I his mean, fault. If, yeah. if he particularly this is the man who says, I just don't feel any desire and he's not necessarily siphoning it off in any other direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's logical to expect that there might be a testosterone problem and, you know, going to get that checked out is really useful for him as well because men who have low T often have depression issues, energy issues, they have trouble building muscle mass. I mean, it's a kind thing to do. And I think, you know, sometimes women need to push men to go to the doctor. Sometimes. 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 Yeah, okay. Just remember. Okay, okay, so that's how you, that's the conversation. But again, Uh, Hi, Desire Women. I celebrate you. You can now call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.